0: Welcome to these bonus episodes of the Testim podcast. Testim Stories is about getting men to come and chat with us about their fertility stories. We hope by sharing men's experiences, it will help more men feel confident to talk openly about the real truths of fertility as a man. We've got some incredibly open and honest conversations for you to listen to. We hope you enjoy these, and that it opens up your mind and helps more people get a proper understanding of what fertility is truly like for a man. So, welcome, Kieran. You're, you're our first willing uh, willing volunteer to join the, the Testing Podcast and chat about your story. Thanks for joining us.
1: That's my pleasure, mate. Thanks for inviting me on I, um As soon as you asked me, I thought, "Yep, yeah, I'm game." It's uh, you know my passion for this, and uh, yeah, the more I can talk about it, the more people I can help i'm happy
0: men sharing their stories is so incredibly powerful because it helps other men realize that it's okay to, to speak up and, and and you know and get help and get support so um you've been quite vocal that's for sure and and i think that's helping a lot of men but you know the idea is that you know you share your story here so how did it all evolve for you guys how when, you know when did it start what's been your um, your journey that horrible word that we all hate
1: yeah the journey you know i'm still trying to figure out what else to say (laughs) but that's what it feels like it does generally feel like a journey i mean you know i look back mine started 12 years ago and it's it was a shock uh, and a surprise um when i found out about my own infertility issues so 12 years ago me and my wife were looking to start a family we've been trying for well over a year um you know we were married um and you kind of expect that that's natural progression you think you get married and you have children and it wasn't working for us Uh, and we knew that we might need some help because jen has polycystic ovaries Mm -hmm. um uh, so she doesn't have regular periods so we kind of expected that she wasn't ovulating as she should be uh, and that we might need some clomid or something like that to get her, her ovulating and as we all know the process of fertility treatment can be quite long and it took about six months to get to the point where uh they were ready to give us Uh, a prescription for uh, Clomid. Um, But right at the last moment, it was kind of, we need to check your husband, to check he's all right. There's not a problem there. Um, I didn't anticipate any issues. Um, So I gave my sample. And a couple of weeks later, we got called back to uh, the consultant. um, And the consultant sat sat down and was very open with Jen initially and said, look, we could get you ovulating. Yes, yes, we could use Clomid. Um, But with uh, Kieran's issues, we couldn't do that. Uh, it doesn't seem uh it wouldn't be um, a positive step forward, just put it like that, it'd be wasted yeah. time, basically. Uh, and I kind of kind of had a weird out of body experience for a moment. I was like,
2: huh. What
1: do you mean, like my issues? And it, it came it was a long silence. It felt like a long silence right. when I asked that question. And then I think they realized that no one had discussed my results with me. I hadn't received them. Wow. Uh, and uh, so, just
0: to clarify this is a facility consultant by now is it you've been referred i presume then to a gynecologist
1: um yeah jim was jim was at the guy gyna- yeah she'd been through to a gynecologist and we they're kind of uh, aware that she needed the treatment hmm. kind of been passed through the system and yeah we were at the consultant right um yeah and it just uh it took that long for me to get looks at <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i can believe that system. um And yeah it appeared you know they suddenly realized that i i wasn't aware of my results um and the conversation very quickly changed and they started to uh well they described them to me so they told me that um they they perceived me only to have about 1500 sperm uh, sperm count uh, and less than one percent of that was viable
0: Crikey, and so 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 sorry. Just to get this clear, so you guys have been trying for was it a year? A year? Did you
1: yeah, say? over a year. It was it over was, a year. Like, we never really kind of. I'll be honest. Like uh, we knew we were going to be together, so we we hadn't. We were trying before we got married. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was well over a year.
0: Right, but you'd then gone to G, the GP, I guess, and obviously the, the, the yeah. gender policy. ovaries are being picked up. You, she was going through that kind of rigmarole of diagnosis and potential treatment then somebody said okay well let's make sure you've done the semen analysis yeah. and then you ended up in front of a consultant and that's the very first time that yeah. you got got this news
1: yeah that's the first time i got wow. it. it was almost like um an afterthought yeah it was an afterthought but it was it's hard to explain it was like there, there was missed opportunities probably for them to well there was definitely missed opportunities for them to see me before and um you know, get those results earlier, and then inform me, and then me, me to process it and know what's coming. Um, But it wasn't. And then there was, it was a really bizarre conversation. It's the same, same consultant, same kind of meeting, it was kind of they were looking for reasons why my, uh, my, my levels would be so high. And we talked about steroids and stuff, because I was, you know, you know, me, I've always been very heavily involved with the gym. Um, And going back a few years, I was bigger, I was a lot hmm. bigger uh, because I lifted a lot more. Um, but I've never taken steroids. It was almost they were trying to pinpoint it on something.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and um, it was almost as if they were trying to cover up their own mistake, trying to figure out, oh, well, this is a, this is a mistake we should have yeah. uh, done earlier. Um, but it was, it was, it was gut wrenching initially. And then I went into denial. Right. Uh, it's kind of like it wasn't real, it didn't really happen, or they were wrong, shall I say? Mm-hmm. that feeling for a long time of but i've got it wrong and then i did another the semen analysis which actually came back worse <laughs> So, right <laughs> that one had basically anything in it which shows uh what stress can do to the body yeah uh, quite <laughs> yeah um so then we were kind of really bypassed straight down the icsi route because they were deemed that there was nothing they could do uh, for me i didn't have a physical or anything right so there was nothing
0: I mean, did you have any idea what was going on at this point, really? Kind of, could you comprehend what you were facing and um, why this might be happening?
1: No, no, we, were, I wasn't, we weren't given those answers. It was kind of like, well, this is the situation. This is going to work for you. Right. And I remember Jen saying to me, you need to ask. You need to ask why. Uh, and I, I think me being like a proud man and ignorant to it, maybe I was like, well, there's no yeah. point because this is what we need to do because um, that's what you're being told by, by the medical professionals being, yeah, yeah yeah that's what we're being told now knowing what i know now I mean, i've got a lot of questions i would have asked you know like, yeah like, why why is the biggest question mm. i mean the only test that i remember having I had a blood test for hormones and then i had um I had a dna test Shit, there was no dna fragmentations you know that kind yeah. of stuff um it's going back a lot of it I blanked out I know it sounds bizarre but I blanked a lot of it out like I can't remember step for step because it was so traumatic
0: right I was going to say is that a time thing or is it a trauma thing
1: I think it's a trauma thing if I'm really honest like um I've talked to you in the past about how like how low I got yeah Uh, right like I do think the body has this natural ability just to block out things if it finds traumatic yeah it does yeah yeah and um after my my kind of initial Denial had gone. Like I realized that actually we are facing this, and it is because of me. Came the guilt, and Mm. then came the gradual slope of what I'd call like a deep depression. Right. Yeah, it didn't happen like in a couple of weeks. It happened over the years. We were going through
0: treatment. Right. Well, the the years from that diagnosis. Do you mean so so the ongoing? To kind of up to that point, up to kind of that point of sitting in the consultation room you're like okay well like you say pretty ignorant didn't think there'd be a problem with you then you know absolutely smashed between the eyes with this result and then a kind of a pretty steady decline from that point
1: yeah yeah yeah, it, it, it's a steady one and it started off by just uh, feeling a lot of guilt like internal emotion and i could i could continue living life and no one really knew yes yeah. knowing you're thinking about something and mm-hmm. You know, no one's aware of it, and then gradually it became a bit more obvious because it was impacting on my life a bit more. So I started stopped going out and I stopped socialising. Um, I stopped just being my normal jolly self. I feel I'm quite a jolly guy. I like to
0: certainly are have
1: plenty of energy and stuff like that. And it just went. It gradually went to the point like I'd go to work, I'd come home, I'd sit, yeah, I
0: wouldn't
1: do anything. I didn't see uh, the the purpose of doing it, even though like I knew it was good for me. Like I. I just didn't have the energy to do it
0: well that's that's kind of depression for you isn't it it's kind of you know that you should get out and have a walk and get some fresh air and some daylight or you should do some exercise but you just you just don't want to do you, you just can't be bothered
1: right. No, no and, um, and that's what it was it was almost like the only way I, I described it to Jen once as and this was when it was really bad I feel like I was face down in the sand and couldn't mm. get up I can't mm. get up like I'm paralyzed but I know I've got to yeah, yeah. and uh yeah, it was a real, real dark, dark road, mate. Um,
0: and how how long were you kind of in that that kind of state? Would you say
1: um, to, from from the diagnosis to my darkest point, it probably took two and a half, three years.
0: Wow, that's a long time yeah. to to be in in that kind of mental headspace.
1: Yeah, well, you think I went from? I mean, I'm a physically fit guy now. I went from 15 stone to 19 stone. Wow, piled it on because I just imploded started to eat more started to drink more mm. um, i think uh, you know once again i've discussed this before drink was my 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 crutch yeah crutch um it allowed me to escape reality just for those couple of hours uh but ironically it was the worst thing i could be doing
0: well of course it, it almost always is i'm not sure there's many many points where alcohol is the answer
1: no but. no um uh, and I mean, I'll discuss it later, but like in terms of lifestyle, my alcohol intake had to have a, had an even bigger effect on just generally, like me, but also um, my sperm count. So when when we went for our final cycle, I cut out alcohol like completely um, for about eleven months, and um, my my sperm count went shooting up. It yeah. went from next to nothing to we, at one point they were counting four million. Mm-hmm
2: wow a
1: massive massive increase but then when i drank again it went back down yeah like so yeah. i i i honestly feel that alcohol has a massive effect on my uh, reproductive system
0: uh, yeah and it might be the case that some people are more sensitive to, to it than others yeah um, so so kind of two three years you know this is on top of obviously the time before the diagnosis isn't it so you know what, what, what four or five years now is it yeah
1: yeah we're, of, yeah we're into like we're well into our yeah four and a half years uh, uh so how think,
0: were how were things with you and jen by this point so you know you're drinking and eating crap and putting weight on kind of how how was your relationship
1: it was it was it was i wouldn't say it was strained it was becoming damaged because I wasn't the man that she married. You know? and that's was, uh,
0: just uh, in what way is that? In okay, you weren't the man in terms of the jovial, happy, happy-go-like, yeah. you know, kind of type of yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah, uh, so it wasn't your perception yeah. of who you were to her.
1: Yeah, no, she think. she couldn't care less. Well, she could care less about the, the fertility side of the stuff, but she didn't not love me because of that. Let's <laughs> put, yeah. that, put yeah, that aside yeah. for a sec, right? Put that aside. But i would become uh, kind of like a. Um, empty emotional shell uh-huh. and that isn't who she married in terms of like I made a laugh I was always messing around I was there the first one to help the first one to turn up the last one to leave those type of things you know mm-hmm. and, and I a big social circle we had a great social life uh, and it didn't exist now um, but I, w- I was really fortunate with Jen where she uh, she really helped me like I know that know fertility treatment can make and break relationships because it's so Mm -hmm. stressful. It is so stressful. Um and I remember having those that conversation with Jen of, you know, if we separated, you can could go and get what you wanted with someone else. You could have a child. Yeah. Because it's looking like we're not gonna. Um and she said to me, Well, I wouldn't want a child if it's not with you. Like it's we're 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 the kind of the ingredients for it, our love. And it sounds really cheesy, but it's kind of Weird the existence that we mm. um without us in terms of our relationship she wouldn't want wanted children with anyone else yeah uh, and that's the support of what i needed to hear at that time and it was the right thing and it really helped me uh, to know that she was there um and it was about so we got to like this three-year point uh, where i was like i was having panic attacks and everything mm. and, it just got to the point where I sat with her one day I said I need I need help I need help because I can't I can't continue continue like this and I don't know what the outcome would be if I did mm-hmm. um well I'd started to have those negative thoughts of you know what what's the point yeah um, and the one thing that I I'd started to look myself was for support groups It uh-huh. um, just, just didn't exist for men but like, there was no. a- was absolutely nothing. So we, um, I ended up uh, having some some counselling over the phone. And it was like just an initial point where it was kind of talking to a local coun. Um, it was a mental health assessment to check I wasn't like suicidal. Right. Um, and then from there we were talking about it at the clinic, and they were like, "Oh, we've got a um, counsellor if you want to see her." Mm-hmm. I was like, well, could have done with this, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about five years ago. <laughs> yeah, um, so I ended up um, seeing the counselor there, and I think we got, I think we got four sessions with her. That's pretty my, good. That's night, not bad. I paid for another four, so we had eight altogether, right? And um, I, I'll say it because it's true. I think you know, I'm pretty sure those counseling sessions saved my life in terms of where yeah. I was going. If if that uh, if, if if treatment wasn't successful and stuff like that, you know, um, but it was just good to kind of sit and talk to someone who didn't know me, didn't judge me, didn't put ideas in my head. They just let me talk. Mm-hmm. And then the, the first session, I sat there and I must have only said like maybe twenty words.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the next session, I came back, I'd say a little bit more. And then by the end of it, you know, by, she uh, couldn't by shut the fourth, you up oh she couldn't, yeah, she couldn't. <laughs> but like the fourth session and that's why i did the additional ones because i started to come out yeah yeah come out. um and it was absolutely amazing it was amazing i left i left it was that fourth session i, I really remember it i left feeling like the world had been lifted off my shoulders mm. i'd finally been able to say it yeah, yeah. and i still I still had a lot of processing to go like it wasn't all gone I'm like oh yeah i'm fine with the world now but yeah yeah uh, <laughs> it was it was definitely like a big step you know
0: i mean just admitting to yourself and, and saying it to jen out loud i need help that must have been a huge step in itself wasn't it
1: mm. so i was a very like immensely proud man i still am mm. but uh, i just kept it to myself and i think that was one of the things i didn't say it i need help i need yeah
2: help.
1: i don't know what i'm going to do i don't know i don't like these thoughts i don't like this i don't like that because i think as a society sometimes uh, men just perceive they have to sit there and be quiet. You mm. know, about their mental health. And one thing I, I definitely, um, I definitely perceive differently now, is what a man is, what a man should be. You know, mm. when I started my journey, um, to now, it's completely different. Like men don't have to be tough all the time
0: no i think we are seeing that shift now aren't we in society that that actually almost it's almost going the other way that to be a real man you've actually got to show that you can open up and that you can be vulnerable and you can cry and you can need help that you know that shows that you're a real just a real person you know
1: it's like a human being it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman like it's it's an emotional state (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. uh, you can't you can't do anything about it and what i was finding was i'd randomly just start crying Mm. i
2: don't
1: understand why and i was like or what's all this about? Because I might not be thinking about the, uh, the fertility treatment at the time or, you know, that I've just had these diagnoses a couple of weeks ago or I've had, a, I've had another failed cycle. I wasn't thinking about that at that time. It might be the fact of I've got stuck in some traffic and my right. gone, bang, had enough. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, that's overwhelming, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's kind of when you're uh, like it's, uh, I remember somebody I worked with many years ago so I it about a stress bucket. This yeah. idea yeah. that actually your stress bucket's full and if you think about okay life relationships work you know money you know doing the food shopping you know all this other stuff the kind of, that gets your bucket pretty full yeah you put you put fertility in there i mean that's it's almost a stress bucket in itself isn't it yeah. but it just overflows so then it doesn't take much to to kind of make that bucket overflow even more
1: well we use the uh the, the saying the bottle's full yes yeah. our house now and like sometimes i say to check the bottle's full it still happens now. I'm like the bottle's full. I need some time.
2: Mm.
1: I'm just having that bit of time. And do you know what? It. I, I I cry. I do cry. I used to not say it, but sometimes after a good cry, you just feel better.
0: So much better. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it
1: an emotional thing. It's it's actually like it's something we're meant to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like Look, just we we do it for a reason. And we I don't think we truly understand why we do it yet. But it, it's a weird thing. But you know, after a good cry, you feel alright, and then you can go again. I can yeah, yeah. think that's that I need to be, you know. Uh, but, uh, it, it, it can be incredibly difficult to take those first few steps Yeah, and, and acknowledgement that actually this is so, the situation.
0: So what happened after that counselling then? So kind of, you know, like say after four sessions, the weight was lifted off your shoulders and kind of, you know, things I guess were improving. What, what, what were the kind of next steps for you?
1: So we had, um, we were, let me just think, so we were really fortunate where, um, we do have two children now. It was a long journey, but we do have two children. Overall, it took nearly 10 years to have two. Um, so we were three, let's say three and a half years into that journey. My son, Sebi didn't, wasn't born for another year and a half. So we had another, we had a, we had a frozen cycle after, after that, um, kind of I was coming to terms with it processing it we had a frozen cycle and then we had our last kind of fresh cycle um and uh my my luckily my my son was born from that um, yeah. and I think that's I knew we were running out of time and I knew that the roles of the dice were limited uh, and I think that's what brought me to address my emotions
0: mm-hmm. Um so so i just going back a few steps so yeah. when you are in this counseling uh had you guys started ivf treatment then at that point
1: yeah yeah we'd had um we'd had i've got to get it right because like i said the memory's a bit fuzzy reveal uh we had uh we'd had two fresh cycles two frozen cycles, two f- two fresh cycles one frozen cycle and then we had another frozen and another fresh and so we came on the the third fresh cycle
0: goodness it, me! Wow,
1: blimey. We, you know we've been through been through a lot already before mm-hmm. i had taken that step um and from that we had we had from, so before uh, i went to the counseling we had one that didn't take mm-hmm. we had two miscarriages as well yeah. um so you know then that's a different conversation altogether and i don't think mm-hmm. it's talked about much about how men process that kind of loss
0: well any, anyone at all I mean, miscarriage is just another one of the great taboos in society and and you know, understandably, it's very female-focused because yeah. obviously women have to go through the physical trauma as well as the mental-emotional. But yeah, I think there is that mental-emotional trauma for the man as well. Oh,
1: well, it's, it's it, it was really hard. I remember having loads of dreams and like really vivid dreams and stuff like of uh, um, almost like an unborn child. Like, but we just mm. lost a miscarriage, and you know mm. you processing it, processing it, processing it. um and it's rough it's really rough uh, mm. but you know, i had to take i was trying to stay strong for jen but at the same time i was just crumbling myself yeah thinking i was doing the right thing when actually i wasn't doing the right thing the right thing would have been getting help earlier
0: yeah yeah um, but you, you touched on a point there and it? it's like the, the guy always feels that he needs to stay strong yeah yeah, yeah. doesn't feel like he can show a weakness and, and that actually by you know if he shows a weakness or, or isn't able to stay strong he's then letting, letting his partner down but inversely what tends to happen is the guy that s- tries to stay strong doesn't actually then talk to his wife or his partner about what's going on yeah. and actually that do- that does a-, a bigger disservice to the relationship i i feel yeah. from what i've heard
1: yeah i mean i there was i can count so many times that I'd, I'd cry on my own i remember crying sitting in the bedroom and just thinking what what, what am i going to do what am i going to do and then i know that jen was coming home from work or i had to get out of the car and go upstairs because jen was upstairs and it sort myself out and go in hello you know as if i was all right you mm-hmm. know? and she knew i wasn't because i'd sit down and get a beer out the fridge and not go to the gym and not talk yeah. much. And, but it was like that emotional just emotionally dead a bit you know yeah i to do the right thing actually the right thing is the wrong thing you're doing it completely wrong
0: yeah yeah <laughs> so so obviously you you had success eventually then with when yeah Seb was born and that was that was how many cycles now I've, I've forgotten already. So
1: we've had uh, we've had um, so he came on the third fresh fresh yes. cycle and we had two frozen as well. So we had fresh, frozen, fresh, frozen, fresh.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, yeah, but it, you know the interesting thing I think it doesn't get talked about enough is the fact of when Seb was born. Um, my i wasn't cured overnight no didn't work like that i had a lot of trauma and in fact my panic attacks got even worse Mm.
2: Um,
1: and i was still uh, i kind of went back to drinking a bit and Mm. uh, it needed further kind of processing uh, and further help um, from from jen and also from uh, further counseling uh, and things like that uh, to kind of I wouldn't say to, to fully for for me to fully process it.
0: Yeah, it, it's. I think it's quite well known now. Well, certain in the f- fertility industry that actually it, it's quite common for there to be a lot of mental, emotional kind of issues that come up for couples yeah. when they have a child after fertility yeah. issues. Um, in fact, I know Fertility Network UK have a specific support group for you know, parents after fertility treatment. Right. because it does open up a whole other bag of emotions. And then you've kind of got all the, So you've got this, you know, this child that you've dreamed of is, yeah. is now with you and you feel like everything should be amazing and, and perfect, but it's not, you know, you're still normal. You're still human. Yeah. And you're still going to have off days.
1: I remember thinking, um, I remember th- feeling bad and uh, guilty. The fact that I still wanted my own time.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, You know, because, the truth is when a baby's like up to six months, they just want their mum. Well, mm. there's no, uh, there is a role for dad, but I would never explain that. And I thought, well, why doesn't it? Why doesn't Sebby want me? Why, mm. why does he always want Jen? And then that was an additional emotion on top. Yeah. So I got, I think there's increased health anxiety around baby as well, because you've mm-hmm. waited so long for them. Um, and then you're trying to process that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then the increased, say like, Financial toll of having the IVF and uh, you know Mm. and a baby and trying to pay for it because people borrow money for these type of things and you know it just keeps building. You know, just because you're successful, it doesn't go away. I will always be an infertile man. I'm happy to say that now. I'm comfortable with saying that. Mm. Um, I can't have children without uh, some kind of medical intervention. Mm. Um, But that's still part of me. You know, it's not going to go. Uh, Uh, And I'm lucky enough that I've processed it to enough that I can say it. I don't care who I say it to. It's part of me. Um, I was thinking about it a couple of weeks ago. The fact of, you know, when I got to the point of, uh, you know, those bad thoughts, those suicidal thoughts and stuff. um, I think the the, the diagnosis of infertility uh, was just part of it. What I really wasn't happy with was where the person I perceived myself to be. Right, yeah, and that didn't go anywhere once the baby had arrived. I was still infertile, and I had this perception of myself, which right. I had to work for and process. Yeah, um, so it gets quite deep, you know, mate. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Here yeah, we yeah.
0: are on a Wednesday afternoon, just, <laughs> just chatting on a podcast, but... but
1: but it's important that guys hear it, you know, yeah, it's important really important, guys hear it and actually like um, understand that there is help out there and they don't have to feel that like they're on their own because it is incredibly lonely, it can be. Um, you know, there's guys like you and guys like me that will talk about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know, this is why it's so valuable that that, you know, you've given up a bit of time to chat to us today and and, and talk about this and share your experiences. Cause there'll be hopefully some guys, you know, even if it's only one guy listens to this and it's oh, you know what? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. You know, and, and actually I might go and do that. So what would you know, what what was the turning point or how did you turn things around for yourself so that you know because you talked about you know getting your sperm count up and and kind of was that a was that a you know were, were they positive steps that you took to make that happen was it mental emotional stuff that you worked on how did you kind of get through it, all?
1: it was more um I kind of realized that I came to the realization that unless I did something about it no one's going to come and help me you know, mm. it's really blunt but that is the way of the world, isn't it? You can you can like you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Mm. You know? And I, so I just made the decision to help myself. And first part of that was just becoming a bit more active. And then once I became started to become more active, um, I uh, my confidence grew in other areas, and that's where I think I then could go. well oh, actually, um, I need to address my mental state, not just my physical one. Mm-hmm. Because I went for my like, you go to the consultant and they're like, "Well, you need to lose some weight. You need to do this. You need to do that." But then it stops, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> they don't actually tell you how to do it because because yeah, it's, it's not
0: actually always as easy as people think it is.
1: No, no, or what to do, you know? Mm. Um, you know, and I, you and I both know that there's certain things that you should and shouldn't do, uh, and it can that can itself be over overwhelming. Mm. You know? But I sat down and I put my own like, exercise programs together, and I kind of took one step at a time me and jen started doing it together uh, uh which kind of brought us back together um and then when i kind of was at the state of physically feel okay i started to address the mental side of things um but it was a slow process it didn't just happen overnight mm. it was six months to, from each stage to stage you know so at th- three say at three years i was at my lowest by three years six months i'd kind of made the physical changes maybe where i was exercising more um and i was ready to address my mental state and mm. happen like that um but it's kind of we, we sat and had a good chat though me and jen as well about what we needed to do yeah you're we on the same page and as she just distinctly said we well, don't do anything anymore mm. you used to be so active you don't do anything you need to start moving um so I did. And it, you know, losing four stone is quite an, quite, quite tough.
0: Yeah. blimey me in this. Yeah, it's easy to put on, isn't it? You can put it on oh, pretty quickly. But
1: well, yeah. uh, well, the eating and drinking is quite enjoyable. But the mental state wasn't, but the actual food and that yeah, yeah, was yeah, quite yeah. nice. Um but yeah, that's how I kind of you've got to look after yourself physically and then you can look after yourself mentally, you know, because it comes at yeah. that stage. You've got to start that moving your body is the best thing you can do. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, uh, uh, and it kind of just progressively got better i progressively got better did like i said it has never i don't think it will ever ever go away mm. um i think my my i started to become a lot more vocal when we uh were looking to do our trip to everest mm. I, kind of, I kind of really put myself out there um and i feel that like that trip closed the the book on my story if that makes sense wow Amazing. like it was it was kind of like I've survived my journey. Now it's time for me to help other people. I I I, I remember standing at a base camp. And do you remember I went over to the the ice pool? I stood over there for ages. Yeah. I just sat there and I just thought for so like fifteen twenty minutes about everything I've been through. And when I got up and came back to you guys, like you know, I just felt great.
0: Mm. Uh, um, I think I was busy sitting crying, crying behind a rock at that point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think, I think Aaron was cheering and running around. <laughs> he was one bouncing around, yeah, like yeah. an Everest but, bunny. Uh, but, yeah,
1: it kind of it took that. And how, how, I mean, that was, so Seb was six, because we were out there for his sixth birthday. So it was like six years after he was born, I'd say that I got to the point that I'm, I'm completely balanced now with what's going on.
0: Yeah, wow, that's incredible, isn't it? So the entire length of that godforsaken word journey uh, is that's a long time, it's a big chunk of your life, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah, so. how much of a different human are you now or a person are you now compared to where you were?
1: <laughs> do you have to ask Gen that question? Right?
0: <laughs> I mean, that in a better way, though.
1: Yeah, 100%, 100%. I am, um, I think my empathy and understanding of how what other people go through is completely different. Like, um, how people react to everything is due to their experiences, mm. um, and uh, I think it's made me a better person. Uh, It was hard, but it's made me a better person. Uh, And like my my objective now is just to help as many men as possible, and couples and women, you know, whoever wants to listen.
0: Well, I was going to say, kind of, you know, now that you kind of just just to give it some context, if people don't know about the Everest trip, obviously, um, you know, Kieran joined me, uh, Tony Sucklin and Aaron Sutton. We went on a uh, base camp for fertility campaign, raising money for Fertility Network UK. So, um, if you haven't heard about that, just pop onto our YouTube channel. Um, there's a couple of great videos about the trip there, but. Yes I think that's the first time I've heard you say that 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 kind of closed closed the the book for you or kind of that was the closing chapter which is really beautiful um but kind of you know where are you at now with it all and kind of what what do you want to achieve because I know that you're going on to do you know bigger and better things really to help men and couples with their fertility
1: I um as we mentioned before I there isn't there isn't much help when you kind of get these diagnoses and you're told you need to change up your lifestyle you need to like lose weight you need to um change what you're eating and all that kind of stuff there's no there's no help really you kind of just told it and sent out the door uh, I kind of used my my degree and my knowledge of um uh, exercise and I put together my own training program for me and Jen and that's what we followed we followed it for six months and it had a great kind of effect actually it was longer than six months but we 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 kind of followed that and um that's kind of where I find my calling now Mm um assisting people to kind of make those lifestyle changes specifically around exercise and affecting um like affects not only physically but mentally uh is where i my passion is now yeah uh, i write programs for men going um, through or preparing for fertility treatments to ensure that they're as physically uh, and mentally as uh, prepared as possible um because it's something that i think as a society we don't really address like we should you know mm-hmm. we're not aware of actually what our Say uh, uh, a physical state should be you know, we live in a very uh, still kind of sedentary lifestyle where it 's easy just to kind of get a bit lazy now mm-hmm. you know? and those small changes uh, can make a massive difference, and i 'm proof of that like my yeah. changes in my own life had a significant impact on my um, my fertility health mm. um, so that 's what I do now. I like to do that, uh, and uh, I will continue doing that. Uh, I just want to help as many men as possible um i've got packages for men and packages for women uh, and couples as well and uh, mm. it's just kind of pushing through and making people aware that these lifestyle changes can be beneficial
0: yeah hugely so <laughs> well, yeah too right they can
1: uh a little bit of activity and doing the appropriate activity um can really uh, help you both physically and mentally because it is yeah. such a special thing going through fertility treatment
0: amazing um, Now you've done some great work so how do people find you
1: uh, so if they want to find me, it's um, you can uh, go onto to humanityhealthandfitness.com uh, and then you just follow the link uh, and uh, you can email me or you can just email me at humanityhealthandfitnessoutlook.com uh, and yeah, find me there. You'll, uh, you'll get through to me. Uh, yeah,
0: cool. I'll, I'll, I'll put all that in the, in the show notes as, as podcasters say. I'll put that in there. Um, okay.
1: I've so got questions. I I'll literally, some people will email me just because they have got queries and I'll just answer them you yeah. know, it's about helping,
0: helping isn't it just it's not always you know, you know the, the, there are a lot of people in the fertility industry just out to make money I think off, off other people's pain and then there's people that have got lived experiences that you know you still got to make a living but actually you just want to help people and, yeah. and you're happy to yeah, give exactly. advice and, and support for free so
1: that's 100% it. like uh, the bottom line is I don't want people to feel like I felt uh, and exercise and lifestyle changes really helped me make those changes to my life that I needed to and now I want to use my skills to help other people
0: amazing okay so in in one sentence maybe two what would be and I'm trying to keep it short now (laughs) (laughs) trying to keep you short um what would be your kind of top tips A guys listening to this he's struggling what would be your kind of top tip to help them
1: um my, my my first top tip would be to sit down with their partner and actually have open, honest discussion about the current situation, because that's what me and Jen did. We Mm. sat down and and, uh, talked openly about how we are feeling uh, and how, uh, so Jen told me how she was feeling, I told her how I was feeling. And from that, you'll be able to figure out what your next step should be. I would highly recommend people to um, become more active, come out more active with your partner in terms of um, go to the gym together, go out walking together, start, figuring out things that you can do together. So you start feeling like, you know, maintain feeling like a couple. Um, and then I'd also uh, suggest to people to really look at if you're doing some exercise, making sure that you're, you know, you're eating the right things, right? Yeah. Things to eat it. Um, I went on a largely organic diet, which could be very effective, very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just nipping back to the first kind of point, you know, once you've identified what, what you kind of need to work on, um, if one of them support, Get that, find it, and that's like Fertility Network UK. Um, uh, their you know their support group, infertility support group. Mm-hmm. Find it, use it. Uh, don't think it's something you can't use. Uh, it's massively. I wish I would had it. I yeah. wish I'd had it. It would have definitely helped me. So yeah, those are things. Sit down with your partner, have a have a good honest chat. If one of those things that comes up is support, find support. Fertility Network UK massively. You know, go to it. Um, exercise more
0: and eat well awesome there you go nowhere near two sentences but
1: <laughs> sound <laughs> yeah, advice yeah. nonetheless sorry I, I do kind of like the chat <laughs> <laughs> mate, it's about, been... you can make two sentences somehow?
0: i'll try i don't yeah. know my editing skills are that good but mate it's been awesome to talk to you and i you know kind of i do raise my hat to you and your honesty and openness and actually being willing to do this because the more men that we can get to do this and share their stories the more men we can help so yeah. thank you so much for your time it's been great chatting Mr. Well, it's my my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.